Welcome to the First Baptist Barberville Weekly Sermon Podcast. At FBC Barberville, our mission is to gather, grow, give, and go. Join us for live worship on the Court Square in Barberville, Kentucky, or to learn more about our church, visit fbcbarberville.com. Here is Pastor Tyler Shields. crew this morning. I, I like it. It's awesome. Sounds like everybody's had a good week. Well, this week in our reading, we break over into the book of Deuteronomy, and we're very quickly getting out of those first five books of, of the law. We're getting ready to break over into the I call them the storybooks. We know it's so much more than a storybook, but those historical books like Joshua. And Joshua, of course, is one of my favorite books of the Bible, this, this warrior leader. And all the rest of Judges and Ruth, these incredible stories of the Old Testament. But today, we're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 9. And sadly, because of the people's sin, again, we keep going back to this, because of their lack of faith, their stubbornness, uh, God has to punish not just a select group of people out of the nation of Israel. He has to now punish an entire generation. Wrap your mind around that for just a moment. An entire generation of people have to be punished, have to be allowed to just... There's no good way to say it. They have to be allowed to die off before God does with the next generation what He wanted to do in their generation. It's really heartbreaking. So for the next 40 years, you all know the story. For the next 40 years, God has to not just allow the old generation to die off, but he has to prepare the next generation to do what he wanted to do in the first place, to take them into the promised land. Now, there's a really just an incredible truth in this whole story, in this whole narrative, and that's that God promises to give them the land. We've seen this. We've been talking about it for months now. He promises to give them this land, this land flowing with milk and honey. It's theirs for the taking. However, they have to take it. And that's the, that's the incredible lesson that we're kind of talking about this morning. So to give you a little background, uh, the, the, they come to basically the edge of the land of Canaan. You, you know the story of uh, the Israelites, Moses sending the spies into the promised land to see what's there. They come back and they, they begin to relay the message of what they saw. And they weren't entirely untruthful. They really did, at first anyway, share what was actually there. There was going to be a lot of fortified cities that they would have to take. There were going to be a lot of really strong people they would have to fight. There would even literally be giants that they would have to contend with to take this land. But in spite of all that, and this is where they lost sight. They, just as a choir saying, but they were not standing on the promises of God. They had the overarching promise that God had given them that this was their land. God had promised this land to them all the way back starting in Genesis chapter 12 with Father Abraham. He said, it's going to be yours generations and generations before. But somewhere along the way, they, they lost sight of what God had said. And folks, when God says something, when God makes a promise you can take it to the bank. You can believe it. So let's go ahead and jump into the text this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 9. And the Bible says this. It says, listen Israel. Today you are about to cross the Jordan. To enter 
and drive out nations greater and stronger than you with large cities fortified to the heavens. The people are strong and tall, the descendants of the Anakim. Now, I mean, just again, put yourself in their shoes. They're hearing this from the Lord. It's not from spies. It's not from anybody making things up. They're hearing the truth. You know about them, and you've heard it said about them, who can stand up to the sons of Anak? But understand that today, the Lord your God will cross over ahead of you as a consuming fire. He will devastate and subdue them before you. You will drive them out and destroy them swiftly as the Lord has told you. When the Lord your God drives them out before you, do not say to yourself, the Lord brought me in to take possession of this land because of my righteousness. Instead, the Lord will drive out these nations before you because of their wickedness. You are not going to take possession of the land because of your righteousness or your integrity. Instead, the Lord your God will drive out these nations before you because of their wickedness. Notice, in order to fulfill the promise, he swore to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Verse 6 says, Understand that the Lord your God is not giving you this good land to possess because of your righteousness, for you are a stiff-necked people. Many of the lessons of the Old Testament, the stories that we read, they're, they're things that actually, physically, literally happen. And when we read back on them today, there's almost always a spiritual lesson for us based on this actual event that took place in history. And so God, again, I'm going to reiterate this, He gives His people this land flowing with milk and honey, the promised land. However... This land is not just sitting empty for them to have. It's filled with Canaanite pagans. It's filled with strong, fortified cities. Those cities are filled with incredible warriors, uh, men that we might call giants. This land, if if it's going to be theirs, they literally have to go and take it from the people that are already there. What a promise, right? Here you go. It's yours. But by the way, you gotta you gotta fight for it. You've got to contend for it. But know in the end you will be victorious. Now we think that's a pretty tough deal. Right? Uh, At least they know what the outcome would be. But man, getting there, literally fighting for this, I mean, it's kind kind of an odd gift if we're going to be honest. So the truth is, though, it's, it's it's the same for us. God has offered us a promised land called heaven. And I don't know about you, but when I look around this world, there's some days I just can't wait to get there. Because it's going to be awesome. But there's a lot of life left to live in the meantime. There are still some battles that we're going to have to go through. There are some giants that we're going to have to face and contend with. There's a reason that you don't just get saved and God zaps you right on to heaven. There's, there's a lot of purpose for us to be here and to continue going on through all this, this life. So, so let's talk about the meantime this morning because that's where we're caught. From the time we get saved to the time we get to go to glory and see Jesus, we're stuck in the meantime called life. So there's four facts of life we got to talk about this morning based on Deuteronomy chapter 9. The first one's this. I still have to face some giants. God promised them, again, the promised land. 
Out of all the people on earth, out of all the people even in the land of Canaan, God had chosen the descendants of Father Abraham to be his people, to give them this land, to be their God. However, they still had to face the giants. And the Bible says that the descendants of the Anakim were there. And these were these people that were just known throughout Israel as being these incredibly large, strong, fearsome people, great warriors. And they were probably, I guess you could say, they were kind of like the boogeymen to the Israelites, okay? They were afraid of them. Now, if you're into the history part of this, here's a side note for you. These people would eventually be driven out of what is now uh, come, it becomes Hebron of, of Israel. The Israelites do later drive them out, push them to the west over towards Gaza and Gath and Ashdod. If you're familiar with uh, Middle Eastern maps, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But anyway, they pushed them over there, and you probably recognize the place called Gath, right? This is the place where later the enemies of the Israelites called the Philistines would come from. And it's very likely that out of that group of people that was pushed that way by the Israelites very soon comes this giant of a man called Goliath of Gath whom King David would have to come and face again later on in Israel's history because why? No other man in Israel was willing to go toe-to-toe with with Goliath. The point's this. The people probably weren't real thrilled at the prospect of having to go in here and go up, go up against these particular people, these warriors, these giant men. But if they were going to take the land that God had promised them, they were going to literally have to go and face the giants. Likewise, folks, there's going to be some giants that you're going to have to deal with in your life. The giants that we have to face, and a lot of times we're, we're afraid, if we're honest. We're afraid of, of them. We try to avoid them. Sometimes we just stand back and we let these giants in our lives beat us down. But if we're going to get where God wants us to go, and we're going to be and do what God wants us to be and do, then at some point we have to face our giants and go toe to toe with these giant things, whether they're, they're spiritual giants, things that we have to, to fight on a spiritual plane, or they're emotional giants, these things that we don't want to deal with because it's uncomfortable and it hurts to reopen these wounds. Sometimes it is a physical giant that's scary and it's discouraging, but the, it can range from anything from cancer to criticism. But we've got to face them. And we will face them as long as we live this life. These giants, I think, often come from the enemy himself. And they try to rob you of things like your peace, your joy, your contentment, even your destiny in the Lord. And folks, any preacher that gets up and tells you as a Christian, you're not going to have to face some giants, he's a liar. You say, but preacher, wait a minute. I thought Jesus wouldn't let me suffer. I thought Jesus wouldn't allow me to go through more than I feel like I can deal with. I didn't, I didn't think it'd be hard following Jesus. It's kind of like that song we sing sometimes. It says, He never promised that the cross would not get heavy or that the hill would not be hard to climb. He never offered victory without fighting. And that's kind of our second point. Not only will we have to face the giants, folks, we've got to fight them. I will have to fight. 
Now, a lot of us these days, we've lost our will to fight. We don't want to fight for our families. We don't want to fight for our marriages. We don't want to fight for our church. We don't want to fight for our culture, our Christian culture. We just, I think, been beaten down so much that we don't want to fight anymore. But even though God had promised this land to them and promised that He would fight for them, notice they still had a role to play. They still had to go and fight and even suffer losses along the way. But God promised. He said, I will fight alongside of you. I will even fight for you. The Bible says here, God would go ahead of them as a consuming fire. The Bible says to devastate and subdue their enemies. And so we too have to fight. We have to engage and slay our enemies. <laughs> That's, don't take that out of context, please. Lord have mercy. But we've got to slay these giants in our lives. Don't feed them. Don't let them be a bully over you and just continue to beat you down. And I know that some of these giants are ugly and they're tough. And you don't know how you're going to deal with them because it just seems so, so big and so powerful in your life. Maybe it's got just a stronghold on you. And sometimes when you're in the middle of these fights, you can't help but ask questions like, God, where are you in the middle of this? Where are you while this thing's just beating on me and beating on me? And the truth is, folks, God's right there in the middle of that mess with you. He's right there beside of you in the fire, in the storm, right there beside of you in the fight, sometimes carrying you across the battlefield because you can't do it by yourself. He's right there in the trenches. But even more importantly, I think about it this way for us today in 2023. Yeah, there are things that we're going to have to deal with in life and fights that we're going to have to fight. But listen, there, there is a good fight that if we're not careful, we'll forget about. We'll be get caught up fighting all these other battles and, and we will lose sight of the actual fight, the battle, this war over men's souls. I think sometimes the, the real enemy sends these battles our way, these giants our way to distract us from fighting the good fight. Forgetting that, man, I'm surrounded by lost people. I'm surrounded by an 88% of Knox County that does not go to church on Sunday morning. Paul reminded us in Ephesians, he says, For our struggle, our fight, is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. See, the real enemy will try to get you out of God's good fight, fighting against somebody else, fighting against one another, fighting against even your, yourself sometimes, fighting for your position or whatever it is, something to keep you out of the fight that matters most. So yes, be willing to fight those giants, but church, don't you forget to fight the good fight. Because the third thing is this, and this is maybe just as important. I still have to face the giants. I still have to fight. But I still need to listen. Some of our prayer lives suffer because it's only a one-way conversation. And we forget to listen. God tells the people what He's going to do. And if you think about it, God has given these people plenty of instruction since they came out of Egypt. We've been reading that for weeks now. And he's still going to give them plenty more. He's going to reiterate the entire law to these people. But along the way, he keeps reminding them that they're not the best listeners in the world. 
And he keeps using this phrase, you are a stiff-necked people. Now, I always took that to mean that, that, that they're stubborn. And in a sense, that's right. But literally what it means to be stiff-necked, it's, it's kind of like this. If I'm looking this way and somebody's over here yelling at me or trying to tell me something, I refuse to turn my head and listen to them. And so God is giving them instruction. He's telling them what to do. He's making them wonderful promises. But they're so just wrapped up in, in themselves that they're, they refuse at times to turn and actually listen and be obedient to the Lord. It's easy to read these stories and see how often and how severe these people fail and, and, and just fall and sin against God and, and not listen, even though God tells them time and time again. But we forget, man, we're no different. We're not good at listening either. We're not really good at obeying if we do hear what the Lord says sometimes. There was a wife that was trying to have a conversation with her husband. And finally she just, she just yells at her husband. Says, you've not been listening to a word I've been saying this whole time. And he said, well that's an odd way to start a conversation. I, I didn't pull that from real life, by the way. <laughs> but how often is the Lord talking to us? And we're not like the husband, I'll be honest. That we're, we're not even listening. It, it's just way over our head. We have to fight the tendency to become stiff-necked. And not listen to the Lord and be obedient to the Lord when He does speak. Our strategic planning team. I share a little insight here. Our strategic planning team right now, we've been in meeting for a few months at this point. A wonderful group of people. Somebody from every ministry in the church is on this team. And right now, this very week, we're working together to try to come up with a proposal for a vision, a five-year vision statement to bring to the church and say, this is what we think God is, is leading our church. What do you think for the next five years? And here's what I want. I want us as a church, everybody in the church, to be praying about God's vision for First Baptist Barberville for the next five years. Because... It doesn't just need to be what Pastor Tyler wants. It doesn't just need to be what other churches are doing or what the world says the church needs to do or be. It doesn't just need to be what a few in the church think the church needs to be. It needs to be God's vision for the church. We want to do what the Lord says. So be praying about that. Now when it comes to fighting the good fight and facing these giants in our lives, not only do we need to listen to the Lord's instruction. But just like we sang about this morning, we need to remember God's promises. The Bible is filled with God's promises to His people. And, and, and if we'll do that, it will, we'll not get discouraged along the way. We'll not lose sight of the prize that's before us. And we'll keep our eyes focused on the Lord. Remember this last point. Here's where we're going to end this morning. This all looks pretty daunting, but remember God's already won the victory. How many people really, how many people's been in a good fight? Don't raise your hand. With somebody much bigger than you. Nobody wants to go toe to toe with a giant. Nobody in their right mind anyway. But the people in this story probably ask along the way, Moses, Joshua, how can we do this? 
How can we win this, this battle that's before us? How can we take this city, this fortified city called Jericho? How can we slay these giants and run them out of the land God has given us? How can I get through this? And I think the church has to look at the lostness around us. Look at what's going on in our world and think, man, God, how are we ever going to get the gospel to the nations? We can't even get the gospel to our neighbor. What are we going to do about this, Lord? The enemy has so much ground. The battle's too big for us. I'm scared. I'm afraid to share the gospel. I'm afraid to go to these places or these people. I want you to remember something. It's become cliche, but it is so true. Remember that we are not fighting for victory this morning. We're fighting from victory. Because victory was won and achieved 2,000 years ago on a cross by the Lord Jesus Christ. When Christ was on the cross, Christ crushed the head of the serpent on Calvary's cross. The greatest spiritual giant that man has ever had to contend with, Christ defeated him. He defeated sin. He defeated death. He made a way for us to be saved and, and to enter into our promised land called heaven. God told the Israelites... He said, I'm going to come alongside of you. You're going to be able to do this, but don't ever think it's about you. (laughs) When you start winning these battles, don't you get proud and think that it's because you're good. On the contrary, it's because I am good. I am a good God who keeps my promises. I keep my word. And all I need you to do is to trust me and be obedient to me and everything I tell you. And when you do that, these fortified walls are going to crumble before you. These giants are going to fall at your feet. So here's my challenge to you this morning. Ready? Number one. Are you trying to face your giants alone? I... That only worked for one man, and honestly, he didn't even do it alone. What did, he, what did David tell Goliath? He said, you come at me with sword and spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. You have a God in heaven that will fight for you. He's proven that. He's demonstrated that on the cross. He will fight alongside of you. And like I said, He will carry you through whatever mess it is in life when you don't think you can carry yourself. You also have brothers and sisters in Christ that will come along beside you, not only fight with you in whatever battle it is, but they will pray for you. They will lift you up in prayer. And the second thing is this. Have you just been refusing to be part of the fight? Our society is filled, folks, with a lot of spectator Christians, consumer Christians. And man, if that's you this morning, I want you to get, I want you to get in the fight because it's raging. I, we've been seeing it in our community. We've been seeing it in our commonwealth. We're seeing it all around us. And I think if there ever was a time to... Because listen, I know it's scary, but it is fun watching the devil get whipped. I just love it. So join us in the good fight. Let's stand together as we close in prayer. Father, this morning we come before you and 
God, if we're going to be real and honest this morning, a lot of us will have to admit that there are some giants that we're contending with that have absolutely got us scared to death. God, there are people that are still dealing with loss and hurt. There are people that are having to fight things like cancer, strokes, God, some of us are fighting mental and spiritual battles every single day. And Lord, it's tough. But God, this morning we cling to your promises. That the victory has been won. And God, it's my prayer this morning that our people will not lose sight of the even greater fight. The battle, Lord, for eternity. For people's souls. God, you've given us our marching orders to go and take this world for Christ with the gospel. And God, I pray that you would burden us not only for the nations and those that we see on TV and on the internet and read about, but God, burden our hearts for our lost neighbor, for our lost family member, for our lost children, that they might know Jesus. God, if there's someone here this morning that does not know Jesus, I pray today they'd be saved. If there's someone that's been putting everything else in the life before you and they need to get get in the good fight this morning, I pray they'd come and make a fresh commitment to you, Lord. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we sing a song of invitation this morning, this altar, this course is open. If you want to come pray for yourself, if you want to come and pray for someone, or if there's a decision that you'd like to share with your church family and have us pray about, then by all means, why don't you come as we sing. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon podcast. Please subscribe, but also join us live in person on the Court Square in Barberville, or find us on YouTube by searching FBC Barberville, on Instagram at first underscore Baptist underscore Barberville, on Twitter at BarbervilleFBC or on our Facebook page, First Baptist Barberville.